living in Italy for a couple of years, there were a number of uh, practices that were, I found somewhat strange. One was uh, what were called manifestazioni. Um, and uh, these were called, this is what they would refer to as strikes. You know, we'd say going on strike. Well, uh, the workers there would have a manifestazione. And a manifestazione, you know, if the bus drivers would have a manifestazione, it would have to be pre-approved, you know, uh, by, the, uh, by the government or, 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 or whomever. It'd have to be a pre-approved day and only a certain number of hours during the day. And it would be publicized so as to not cause too much inconvenience so that everybody knew. And, and the hours that they would be on strike during the day would, would, would not be during rush hour, you know, because it couldn't inconvenience too many people. You know, so it would start after rush hour and then it would conclude. Uh, but, but during the manifestazione, of course, they would make a, of course, the, the workers would get out and they'd make a big racket about low wages and such, which I suppose you would probably do if you lived in a socialist country. Uh, there wouldn't be much hope of, of increased <laughs> wages, though. But then, the, you know, after that was over, they would, they would uh, go back to work and nothing much would change. Manifestazione. Why do I bring this up? Because the word manifestation, manifestation, during the Christmas season, every Sunday that we celebrate, well, Christmas and then every Sunday, is about a manifestation of God, a making present, making his presence known, making himself manifest in some way to the world. Right? It begins with begins with Christmas, obviously. begins with God making himself known at Christmas in the manger. God becoming man. Right? God becoming a, a, little, a little child, a babe among us. Holy family. We see how God has, has become one of us and become part of, um, become part of a family like all of us have, have resided in. The Epiphany, last week. Uh, we celebrated how, you know, we have the, the pagan kings coming to do the Lord homage. What does that represent? It represents that Jesus has not come merely for the Jews, but God has come to save everyone. God is for everyone. God is not just for the Jews or a select number of people. God is for everyone. Salvation has come for everyone. And then today, now Jesus is all grown up. He begins his public ministry. Pretty quick in four weeks, you know. That's a well, you know, the book's not real long. The infancy narratives are very short. But anyway, we get to his public ministry. He's around 30 years old, and um, it's interesting because now it's like we circle back to Advent, right, where we have John the Baptist. Well, now we we come back to it, and uh, and John the Baptist is baptizing. Of course, that's what he did, and we re we remember that. His baptism was different than the baptism we, we now have, right? A sacramental baptism. Well, what was the baptism about? The baptism was sort of a symbolic baptism. Right? It was a symbolic baptism. It represented this um, act of conversion and repentance. So you have the Jordan River, right? And the Jordan River, just like, like the sea, the, you know, the Jordan River you know, could overflow its banks and it could, it could bring sort of death as, as it were, right? We know that when there's flooding, flooding can bring death, it can bring destruction. 
but also, um, you know, when, when a river overflows its banks, it can bring irrigation and it can bring life. So water represented both death and life. When, when the people then would come to the Jordan and they would be submerged in the Jordan, it, it represented a real death and coming to life. It represented a death to the old way of life and a rising to a new way of life. It was, in truth, a prefiguring of, of the, the understanding we have of, of sacramental baptism even to this day, which has that you know, penitential nature to it, of course. But it was, for John the Baptist, it was, Baptist, it was all about this repentance, right? And, and in the other Gospels, we have a little bit more of the account. Jesus comes to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist says, well, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And why does he say that? Because Jesus has nothing to repent for. Right? Why would Jesus need to repent? This is the question we need to answer today. You should be able to answer this, hopefully, by the end of the homily. If somebody asked you out there, why did Jesus get baptized? You should be, hopefully, be able to answer the question. Well, he didn't need to repent. All right. What we need to do is we need to tie his baptism to his death on the cross. Tie his baptism to his death on the cross. Remember that what Jesus is doing in his baptism, he's doing for us. Just like what he did on the cross, he did for us. And he does it for us because we can't do it for ourselves. You know, we... We try to repent, but we're really bad at it. We try to say we're sorry, but we're really bad at it. We hold on to grudges. We hold on to resentments, right? How many relationships have we maybe ruined because we hold on to resentments? Or how many relationships have not been healed because we refuse to say we're sorry? We hold on to hurts. It's not my fault. It's his fault, Father. I know it is. I'm sure it is his fault. But we hold on to it. You know, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to be the one. We hold on. We hold on. And we, we, we refuse to let go of our hurts and our pains. We're so bad at it. We're so good at sin, but we're so bad, you know, at repentance and saying we're sorry. We're just really bad at it. And, and our God knows. He knows and he understands. And so he goes down into those waters because he loves us so much. And he says, you know what? You can't do it that well. So I'm going to help you do that too. I'm going to repent for you, to help you on your behalf and to show you. I'm going to help you do what you can't do that well. And just like on the cross, we can't die for our own sins. We can't make up to God for, for our sins. We can't even make it up to, to each other. We do our best. But again, we hold on to the hurts from each other. We try our best to forgive. But it's so hard. We can't do it ourselves. So Jesus dies on the cross to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He repents for us, even though he has no need of it for himself. And he dies for us even though he has no need for it himself. He does it for us. He substitutes 
himself for us. He stands in for us to do what we cannot. This is, this is how much he loves us, right? This is how much. So it's a manifestation. It's a manifestation, this baptism, a manifestation of how much God is going to do for us. It's, it's really a foreshadowing of, of his death on the cross. This is how much I'm going to do for my people. I love them so much. I'm going to repent for them. I'm going to die for them. And of course, I'm going to rise for them and open the gates of heaven. I'm going to open up this new life of grace for them because they can't do it for themselves. So I'll do it for them. You know, just like a parent, how many times have you helped out your, your children when they were little? Heck, when they were old. You know, you know how many times do you... Of course... You know, and, and you probably think, well, how many times should I bail them out? And you keep bailing them out because you love them. You love them so much. And you know, at some point, you've got to stop bailing them out, I suppose. But you love them. God keeps bailing us out because he just loves us so much. And this is the most important thing in the world. Bailing us out to eternal life. And he just, he's done it unto eternity. That's what the baptism is about. And of course... It's about what his death on the cross is about. These beautiful mysteries of God. And so all that it takes from us then is reaching out and accepting the gift. The gift that he's given us. The gift that he offers us. Lord, help me to repent better. Help me to know how to forgive. To say I'm sorry. Help me to know how to heal these relationships. Show me how to do this better. Ask him to enter in, and he perfects in us what is imperfect. Please stand.